following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, as always, am EZD, Derek Jaws, and I am joined here from back from his two-week rotational hiatus, <laughs> back from his six-week rotational hiatus for the one week that I had to miss when he got to do this thing with Matt Johnson from the Two Point Conversation, which was good, and he's going to say the name of the show right this week, Austin, the Stat Man. What's up, buddy? What's going on, buddy? How are you? Ah, good. I am trying to get more energetic and more into my introductions. Uh, I dropped an episode of Common Debauchery with our boy Poe yesterday, and he got the most epic intro I've ever given anybody. So now it's going to be a thing. So get used to it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, talking with Matt last week, I don't think anybody could be. Hi. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was good. Um, I, I I was I was slightly taken aback. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, man, no, no, there's no better way to dive headfirst into your first job as the main host than to uh, get somebody who's going to throw you a, throw you a curveball right off the bat. So right, I seriously, who starts somebody off with a curveball? I mean, that's a different sport than what we normally talk about, but come on now. Well, listen, so the rule there is if someone's going to start with a curveball, sit back, drive to the other way. And you did, you did great with it. So right, well, <laughs> uh, did, did, well, I, did I though, I said the name of the podcast wrong. I'm pretty sure he struck me out with that. No, 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 no. It was O2. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. So it's not... I appreciate the vote of confidence there. All, all things considered, if all you did was say the name at the top and the bottom of the show, you said you got all the words in there. They were just right, the right. Order. They were they were there, right? They were just in the wrong order. Yeah, hats, stats, and tats and stuff, and that's that's not it. It's hats, tats, and stats because we wear hats. We have tats, except for you. You're the only. Untatted. I was just, yeah, seriously, right? The, the name of the show has no application to me almost at all, except for stats. That's it. That's the only part that I'm good with. Well, and you do wear hats sometimes. Sometimes it yeah. is, is a, 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 a need in the game of baseball that you, when you're coaching, you have to wear a hat or giving a lesson or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the guys that don't wear it, like uh, the guy that I coach with doesn't wear a hat all the time. And it like, it, I, I kind of look at him funny. Like, where's, where's your hat? <laughs> I've, I've had assistants get out of their cars, like showing up to game day. And I'm sure you'll, you'll back me up on this one and their hats on like backwards or, or you know what I mean? Like, or, yeah. or not on what we would call straight. And uh, it's like, dude, Set an example. Fix that heck. Yeah. See, I'm I'm all for like the backwards hat look when you're going to work. Like when you're when you're doing cage work, when you're doing infield work, like when you're practicing. If if it's not a team practice, if you're doing your own individual thing or you're at like a small group gathering, I'm okay with it. Correct. But when you when you're in uniform, it's gotta be on forward. Uh, so I'm saying you know, you show up game day, man. It's getting ready. Look good, yeah. play good, feel good, right? Absolutely. That's actually the uh I'm glad you said threw that out there because that is actually the <laughs> moniker of our sponsor stinger sports so that's super cool and a great way to plug those guys other than the plug that i dropped in at the top of the thing here um because apparently we're going to have about a 30 second intro to our to our show now so that'll be oh, fun right. some, some something you guys if you're hearing us right now already heard something for austin to look forward to when he boots this episode and listens to it because all my hosts come back and listen to the episodes i'm sure and uh so Boy, what a week. What an NFL week getting into it. Um, you know, the, the big news was going into this week, and since we are a Buffalo-centric pro sports podcast, um, the the big news going into this week was that the world was saying that we didn't have a quote-unquote marquee win or a win against somebody legitimate. Because when you look, our losses to the Chiefs and the Titans don't look great. Um and then obviously the Hale Murray was the other one, but you know, they were saying going into this, like, you know, if the bills don't beat the Steelers, the, the, the bills are pretenders. And that's that, that score down there is an 11 point game. That game was not as close as 11 points. No, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, and, and I understand what people are saying. Um, something that I've always kind of said, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. You know what I mean? And if you're beating the bottom half of the teams in the league, you're not really establishing yourself as a high-end franchise, as a, as a top-flight quarterback for Josh Allen and, and a top-flight team overall for the Bills. But um, I think we definitely showed that um, this past week I, I i don't know if that game could have gone i mean the games could always go better you know we could have won by 50 but 
um, all things considered, in a normal NFL week. I think that it went very, very well. Stephon Diggs dominated a good defense. Um, Josh Allen looked cool as a cucumber, ice water through his veins, uh, completed passes, uh, really a good game overall. Yeah. Um, you know, I could have done, could have done without the pick, but well, you know, naturally. I mean, that was, that was uh, you know, I mean, it was a slow start on both ends. You know, the, we didn't do much. They didn't do much. It was kind of a back and forth. And the only like flash of offense they had was the, was after the, I believe it was ruled a fumble by Knox where it was a short completion that he two foot and, yeah, yeah, got two, hammered. two foot and a football move. And then like went down and it pot, like he tried to grab it and he ended up like, as he was grabbing it, hit the ground, flipped it up and they ran it back for a little bit. And like that first and 10 and, you know, in the red zone to start their drive. Well, that was I'm the pretty only- sure Allen's Allen's touch, uh, interception too. His arm was hit. Yes. You know what I mean? That was not a, Oh, I made a bad read and just threw it. Oh, I didn't see the guy. And he came out of nowhere. That was, Oh, some 300 pound dude hit my throwing arm in the middle of my throw. And it hung yeah. up there a little too long. That was. So, you know, I mean, he, he played well, um, started slow. Uh, I believe at one point he was like 11 for 21 and he finished 24 for 43 for 238, two and one. Um, he, he did end up running six times for only 28 yards, which kind of tells you the, you know, he, he wasn't looking to run at what they weren't planned runs, designed runs, um, you know, then Singletary and Moss between the two of them ran the ball 20 other times for 75 yards. That's, it's not a bad day for your running backs. Um, you know, especially, you know, 3.3 and 4.6 yards of carry that it's definitely not the, uh, definitely not the worst day on the ground you could have those, you know, you, you get, if you're averaging those numbers, you hand the guy, got the ball three times, you're going to first down out of both of them. So. Right. So. And, and you know what? I mean, that's pretty much the story of our running game all season. You know, at no point have we just blown somebody away running the ball. We have uh, to, to my surprise, <laughs> become a pass first offense. We have uh, overnight seamlessly uh, turned into a, a 2020 NFL offense, which is kind of cool to see for years of us being the only team that won using a running game in defense. Uh, you know, I mean, there's like three teams in all of the NFL who have that philosophy. Um, and we finally got with the times. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it's, it's interesting to see because I, uh, I don't remember the last time I was able to pull up a stat sheet here and see a receiver that was 10 for 130 and one next to a Bills stat line. Yep. So I, I mean, mean, pretty, pretty routinely. I mean, pretty, pretty regularly that, you know what I mean? It's not the first time Diggs has done stuff like that. Right. You know, he's, uh, he's leading the league in receptions as of right now. Um, yep. First, top, first receiver to a hundred. Yep. Top five in yards and uh, he's middle of the pack in touchdowns. So like, and, and that tells you, I mean, when this dude came to Buffalo, everyone was saying, have fun with Diggs. He's going to be crying about Josh Allen by week nine and by week 14, he's leading or top five in a lot of stack categories. So I know there are a lot of people that felt that we gave up too much in a first round pick for him. Um, and then th- there were some later picks. I think it was a three and a five, maybe um, that most people's counter argument. It was, you know, what is that three and that five really going to get you? Like how often do those picks actually hit? Um, you know, we gave him away to get a quality number one receiver. Um, I think what kind of dampened the digs trade was that they, uh, the Texans gave away DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of footballs. Um, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. so people, people looked at it and went, really? We could have had Hopkins? Like, good Lord. Like, why wouldn't we take Hopkins over Diggs? And I, I love DeAndre Hopkins, but um, I, I, uh, I honestly, spectacular. I, I don't believe for two seconds that Bill O'Brien, as much of a really bad GM as he is, I don't think anybody in the AFC was getting DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think that was a, there's one or two guys in the NFC I would consider in a trade here. And that's about the end of that. So right. um, I really don't believe, because if you're going to tell me that like Belichick didn't go sniffing around that, didn't like do his due diligence on people that he heard may have been on the, uh, on the chop block there on the trade block, uh, you, you're out of your mind. I, I don't believe O'Brien was moving the best receiver in football in the same conference. So no, and that's that, probably a good point. You, you can say that all you want. I mean, I don't think anybody in the NFC was going to get digs regardless of what they wanted to pay for them. Because you know who I don't want to see, you know, in my division twice a year outside of my division, you know, depending on where we sit and who he goes with, like, you know, I, I don't want to see that dude every year. I want to see him once every seven. Like, 
You, you know who wishes they gave up a first round pick for Diggs? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> a guy who was like, please, for the love of God, draft me another receiver. It, another anything, something that helps me out. I'll something take a tight end. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take a weapon. And they here's took your, his replacement. Yeah. Here's <laughs> here's your backup going to hopefully going to be your replacement someday. And in the second round, he's like, okay, hey, a lot of good receivers still up in the second round. We can make this happen. Who we got? A running back. Son of a bitch. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> Jesus. This is so terrible. You didn't listen to a single thing I said. Oh God. Right. I mean, and uh, like we got Gabe Davis. What in the fifth? It was later than that. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's well because we got uh, Isaiah Hodges in the seventh. So I'm I'm pretty sure McKenzie was our fifth round pick. And I mean, we're talking about a guy who is having good games, flashes of brilliance, like that dude that you're looking at going like fourth round. Fourth round. Yep. Better better than we thought. Right. Which again, from a, from a rookie standpoint, he's looked fantastic. You yeah. know what I mean? Not, not, I mean, I, I think he's getting in any other year. I think he would look really good. Um, this year's draft is just riddled with what looks like pro, pro bowl receivers from top to bottom. I mean, everybody looks like a stud. If you drafted a rookie receiver in this year's draft, he looks like a pro bowler. Yes. Um, but that does not happen in most years. You know, and, and it's funny because like, I, I see people, um, you know, on social media and like the bills groups and stuff that I'm in saying that, like, we, the, the, re, the most recent one I saw today was we shouldn't have taken uh, AJ Epinesa because who, like, we didn't even know who he was. Like he, he was a nobody, but uh, JK Dobbins, who was a stud at Ohio state, um, you know, went the pick after us and he's going to be a monster for 10 years and, you know, a potential hall of famer. And I'm like, Running backs don't last 10 years in this league. Leonard Fournette went to a team that everyone was like, oh, my God, he's going to be awesome there, and he's the backup. And Leonard Fournette, a year and a half, even a year ago, was considered one of the best running backs in the league. They don't last that long. And A.J. Epinesa is the reason that I can have Trent Murphy as a healthy scratch every week, and I am completely content with that. We needed a pass rusher, and we needed a guy who was going to fill in on our defensive line, and, and he was the best guy available. Um, a lot of guys had him with a first round draft grade. Yeah. We got him in the second. Um, yeah. Because, nothing else because of an injury value at the pick. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, and he was, the reason he didn't go in the first is because of an injury. Like, but I mean, you know, so you're looking through, like I had somebody that we should have taken, uh, I believe is it's Mims from the Jets. Jets. Yeah. Like, oh, we should have taken him. Like why to be what Gabe Davis is. Well, he'd be better than Gabe Davis, but he'd still be our number four. Right. Like, I'm sorry, you're not taking a second or third round draft pick on a guy who's going to be your number four receiver. We Okay, so and we took Davis in the fourth, but he's my number four and he's playing well and getting looks because my number two has been out for a while, like, and he's been banged up. So that's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm good with what we did here in this draft and, and how things are panning out. And I mean, for, for Christ's sake, just trust the friggin' people that are paid millions of dollars to do this because they're doing it well. Well, I mean, and, and that's a good point. And, and really what it is is what people have to remember is that the, the draft is a total crapshoot. I don't care who you are, NFL executives, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, that nobody knows. Nope. <laughs> they're wrong so often. It's unbelievable. You just do the best you can with the information you're given and hope and pray. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, it's like whatever. It's, I mean, it's and, all a guessing game. And, and and it's funny because I see people like, oh, Epinesa is Aaron Maben-esque or Aaron Maben 2.0. And I'm like, no, no. Like when we drafted uh, Aaron Maben, the NFL draft didn't have highlight tape loaded and ready for him because he was not even on somebody's day two board, let alone day one. And like, that's the type of thing where you can look and be like, <laughs> you're probably wrong. But, like, uh, we had a dude who had first-round grades from every draft expert out there, got him in the second, and people are saying, oh, he sucks because he's not a sack leader right now. Like, he in, in training camp, because of losing uh, Star Latulier and having to have Ed Oliver bump over to a one-tech uh, defensive tackle, which he is not. He's too small for that. Um, he should be playing the you know, a three-tech, which is more what you see – 
your Aaron Donald play. And, you know, people are like, oh, he needs to get, he needs to be on the outside. He needs to be a defensive end. I don't think so. I think he's a good three tech. I think he's that Aaron Donald type player. Can he line up out there? Probably. Can he be dominant as a three tech? Sure. AJ Epinesa all through the start of the short training camp that they had before week one sat and learned all four spots on our defensive line, which all have different responsibilities and end up going against different types of people. Like, you know, he, he with, with no, with no preseason and limited training camp and you right. couldn't be and, for an X amount of time. And, and now on the down, on the down half of the, or the, the, you know, the, what, what you would call the fourth quarter of the season, he's pushing toward being a three down guy. And he's the reason that a dude who last year when our defense was vaunted was like the reason we were winning. And the reason we were in football games against good teams, Trent Murphy had to be out there because we didn't have somebody to do his job. AJ Epinesa is now the reason he's a healthy scratch. We won that. That's a W in my book. Right. Trent, well, listen, Trent, we, we, we got better with that draft pick. Yes. You know what I mean? Does he, does he make us a Super Bowl contender? No, but he's a rookie. You know what would, I mean? would, would, I, would I love to have a Watt or a Bosa as an edge rusher right now? <laughs> Without question. Do I think that maybe we make a play for a guy like that, either someone similar to him in the draft this year or someone like make a free agency move of some kind to get somebody like that as long as it's the right guy? Yeah, I 100% believe that's the move this year. But, I mean, that's a, that's a conversation for – an episode further down the road because, you know, we still have like, we, we got to win a game and clinch the division now. Like we, right. we, you know, not to jump ahead, not to put the card ahead of the horse here, but I mean, we, we win this week. It's our division. We are the AFC champions for the first time in 25 years. If we I, win this week. I know. And I was talking to Matt a few weeks ago that his Colts have won our division more recently than we have. Yes. I, I, I mean, it's a stat that I hate to love, as a football fan, I just think that's a really cool stat. Yeah. But as a Bills a fan, it depresses the shit out of you. Yeah. A team that's not in your division has won your division more recently than you have. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. So, but, uh, you know, looking, looking through, you know, this, uh, this past week here, the Rams lumping up the Patriots on Thursday night football was a great way to start the NFL week. Um, this was the first standard NFL week in a while where there was a Thursday, Sunday, Monday play, uh, play schedule without a, either no Thursday, yeah. lots on Sunday, Tuesday, two on Monday, right, one on yeah. Tuesday, or like adding a Wednesday game in there for the previous week, not the upcoming week. You know, it, it's been, it's been a crapshoot. So it was nice to get back to normalcy and then the normalcy is done because now they're flexing games to primetime on Saturdays. And you know what? And as much as you say, it's nice to get back to normalcy. I did not hate having two games on Monday. Oh, good. No. Football starts around dinner time on Monday. Fantastic. Oh my God. Tuesday, another football game. Why? Yes. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? It was, you know, who, do, you know, who doesn't like stuff like that? The players are our, our, our girlfriends. <laughs> what do you mean? I have to watch football again. Well, you have to watch football again. Oh, you're watching college football? I thought you didn't want college football. No, 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 no. It's more pro games than the NFL is on every night this week. Yeah, let's let's just let the NFC play all the all their game. The NFCs play the rest of their games on Wednesday, and we can have Wednesday action. I'm fine. I'm all I'm all about it. That does not bother me at all. Um, so the uh, Titans, after a slow start, end up doing what they were supposed to do against the Jaguars. Which, if Derrick Henry had the week he had this week last week, like he probably should have. Uh, I would be in a fantasy playoff game this week and would have won because my team went off, but, uh, that's in my work league, but that was, uh, I was just going to say, I don't know if you would have caught me there, Jazz. I don't know. I, I, you needed me to lose at some point and I didn't. So that was, yeah, you actually, I'm pretty sure I helped you bump up to the two seed this week. Uh, no, three seed. Three is the three. I, yeah. You beat Val and, uh, we flip-flopped. She went to four and I went to three. Okay. Same record, but the tiebreaker I was in front of her now. Yeah, which for a team that sat in first place undefeated for a long time, she's kind of like the Steelers. Uh, yeah, right. Has fallen off as of late. And you know what the thing is, too, is now uh, it's 1v4, 2v3. So I play Freddie, and we are perennial playoff people in fantasy football. But our buddy Moff and Val, who have never – neither team has ever made the playoffs, so this is a first for them. And obviously then neither team has ever won the league in the 15-some-odd years we've been running this league one of the two of them now has to go to the championship game because they're playing each other. Right. So I, you know, I find that 
it's a year of first in 2020 sure is and uh so looking looking through the rest of our slate here uh i was surprised how lopsided the vikings uh bucks game was although uh the the kicking game for the vikings was you know left a lot to be desired like the nine missed field goals that game uh, you know what and, and to say it was lopsided i mean i get the bucks won by 12 um which is exactly the amount of points that the Vikings left on the table. uh, Right. Ironically. But the whole thing of that is the Vikings had like more first down, more yards, more time, better, better time of possession. Like every category that you care about statistically, except for the final score. I mean, which I mean, which is the most important one, (laughs) (laughs) breaking this down three thirty-five to three Oh three in favor of the Vikings. Uh, The bucks had 20 more passing yards. The Bucks had 58 more rushing yards, and but the yards per play went the other way. It was 6.2 for the Bucks, 4.4 for the uh, for the Vikings. But 27 first downs to 17, five for 15, five for 11 on third down. The Vikings were four for five on fourth down, and they ran 76 plays to the Bucks 49. So the Bucks were more efficient offensively. So when you when you look at team stats, though, I mean that's they, they they minus sacks and stuff like that, which takes away from the averages. So like looking at it, like Kirk Cousins threw for two hundred and twenty five yards. Tom Brady didn't even throw for two hundred. Right. So even though as a team they might he might have more more passing yards as an individual effort, Kirk Cousins threw more passing yards than Tom Brady. Oh yeah, and so like time of possession thirty nine oh three to twenty fifty seven. Right. That's insane. Like. Yep. They double the time of possession. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, but for, for all intent and purpose, I mean, and what, what was, what was this poor bastard? I mean, Dan Bailey was 0 for 3. So Andy, Andy missed an extra point. Andy missed an extra point. So 10 points right there. It's a two point game. I mean, and the and at that point you have to say the rest of it comes down to execution and, you know, capitalizing on doing more offensively, really. But, uh, you know, what blows my mind is, is how often that the Vikings kickers are their problem. Like, at what point do they just find a guy? I, you know what I mean? It's yeah. been like a decade now of them having to deal with kickers and struggling. Yeah. When they've had halfway decent rosters. Yeah. And I mean, if you, if you look at this roster, like when they got rid of Diggs and, you know, the Delvin Cook's been, a, you know, an injury question mark at times and, you know, Kirk Cousins sometimes looks great and other times looks awful. You know, they're, they're doing well. And if you had a dude who could consistently just kick the ball through the uprights more often than not, you'd be doing better. Uh, I mean, you're, you're a playoff contender. How can you not kick a field goal? Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's brutal. And really, and, and it's, I don't know what it is in the scouting department or who's in charge of that stuff. You know, they signed Dan Bailey, who's one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history. Uh, but the wagon wheels just fall off for people. Um, for some, it happens to everybody sooner or later. Vinatieri lasted longer than anybody else has ever lasted. Uh, we look at like Steven Goshkowski where you're missing field goals left and right. And at some point, Tennessee is going to have to go, hey, listen, man, thanks, but no thanks. And now Dan Bailey looks like he's going that way too. It's at some point you just lose your stroke, that feel for kicking. And it certainly looks like it's happening to Dan Bailey. And and I'll tell you something too, the uh... – the kicker, the kickers in the NFL are a lot like quarterbacks there. You struggle to find 32 competent ones. Um, right. I mean, and you, you say that cause you can look at the Jaguars who have had seven different kickers this year, including the newly retired Steven Hauschka, which, yeah. which I thought was funny. Uh, fun little tidbit when he got let go by Buffalo, um, his wife took to Twitter and was like, Oh, it's a real shame that, um, the only Super Bowl ring in Buffalo isn't in Buffalo anymore. And it was like her wearing his Super Bowl ring from when he was with the Seahawks. And like, you want to turn a fan base against your husband, like tweet shit like that, because I mean, that's just there. And there's no reason for it. Like we, we loved Hauschka when he was here. It was just one of those things. Like it was time to go. Like he got beat by the kid and it was, it was just your time. We, we It wasn't like, we were like, fuck you. You suck. It was like, you know, sorry, man. Like the kid beat you. It's 
there's 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 a reason nobody else has two kickers on their team because we were talking we, we were actually talking about this during the Bills game. How have we not had a kicker figure out how to punt and kick at the same time? You know what like, I'm saying? Why about is this two day. roster spots? Right. They 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 only spend all week kicking. Like, do you really fill 40 hours a week just lining it up and kicking field goals in on in no pressure situations? Like, what could you possibly be doing? Right. So, but uh, I, yeah. I I agree with you. There, I can't believe there's never been a guy who's done both. I mean, especially because there's punters that do kickoffs. Right, because of the strong legs. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, you're you're telling me that you can't just get a little bit more accurate with that? I I don't know. That's that'll be that'll be an off season topic for us. <laughs> Actually, it may not be. We just covered it. So, um, yep. the, uh, the box. big the big news here out of the week was the Dolphins gave the Chiefs a good fight. And by that, I mean, Pat Mahomes played the worst game of probably his career, still through almost 400 yards, 390 and, yards yeah. and, and won a football game. Um, I mean, and this is that that dolphin that vaunted Dolphins defense. You know, I mean, they, granted, they only I mean, one, two, three, three guys ran the football for. Eighty five yards like total. Right. It's not, like, it's not like they play key play particularly well. No, I mean, they, the, the Chiefs literally went out and said, like, yes, you're going to stop us a few times, but you're not going to stop us all day. They turned Mahomes over three times and still gave up 33 points. That's where we are now in 2020, that this is the type of offense that I'm going to sling it no matter what. And even if I, is, you know, throw it poorly and, and throw an interception that I'm, I know more often than not playing the odds game here. And I'm going to hit my targets and, and we're going to win this game. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's two a 28 for 48 for three sixteen two and one. Um, you know, I'm still not sold on the two a train. I'm not. It's it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's, he's highly athletic. He can move around. You know, every, I laugh. I was talking to my uh, future father-in-law um, during one of the games of the past weeks. And every time he rolls out, I got, I'm, go, I'm thinking in my head, Oh man, this is going to be a real tough throw throwing across his body. And it, oh, Nope. He's a lefty. Never mind. He's rolling the right way. My bad. Like, <laughs> like in my brain, I forget he's left-handed. So I'm like, this is going to be a real tough throw. Never mind. Forget I said anything. Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny. Cause if you watch a bills game, they talk about like how good Allen is rolling to his right. Mm-hmm. And that, like, if you're going to send pressure, you have to send it from his right so he can't escape to his right and still right. hurt you. Mm-hmm. And somehow people just still let him escape to the right and do it. So uh, Tua, Tua is very, very athletic. Um, there's no taking that away from him. I just – I'm not sold on his ability to be – I, I'm really – like, and it's not that I'm not rooting for the dude because with the injury and everything that he had, like – Obviously that sucks and you don't want to root for a dude to do poorly or to not do well, but you know, he, here's a guy that you're, you're talking about him and he played one game, one game through for less than 200 yards was eight for eight for 19 or something like that, or eight for 17. And people were talking about like, he's the second coming of Tom Brady. And I'm like, why though? And I I think think people are just excited about him. You know and, what I mean? Like I, but like, and, and, and that's the, the jaded bills fan in me of, you know, you're like, if my dude went out and had a game like that and went, like when my dude did come out and have games like that, his rookie year, all he did was take crap. Like that, that's all it was, was just people giving my man shit for not being an NFL caliber quarterback because of statistics like that. But, and I, like, I would also argue that, you know, Mr. Mr. Tungo Vailoa has better weapons to throw to than Allen did his first year because I would take Gasecki and Parker and those guys over Clay and Zay, Zay Jones. Zay and, Jones uh, and uh, <laughs> the, 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 the swamp, the swamp creature that ate Calvin Benjamin and all the good uh, stuff. Uh, Andre Roberts is a receiver and not a return specialist. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, it's tough. And you know, it's kind of, it bugs me about watching Bill's games and it's not every announcer, but there's certainly a lot of announcers that, you know, uh, Allen makes some sort of like athletic play, but he throws off his back foot or just something that, you know, they normally say you're not supposed to do. 
And it's, ah, oh, this is his problem since college. He does these things and his accuracy is an issue. But then, like, Mahomes throws off his back foot and sails one out of bounds, and they're like, oh, my God, he's athletic. He's so good. Isn't he so good? I'm like, Josh Allen did that exact same thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, guys like you, all over you, him. you specifically last week said that Allen doing that is a problem, and now, like, Mahomes does it, and, like, oh, my God, he's so good. Yep, it's that, that type of stuff bugs me, and I'm sure I'm only tuned into it because I'm a Bills fan, but it does irritate me just a little bit. Uh, moving on to the uh, the next, I mean, there there are some some bit like you know, poor Deshaun Watson getting beat up by the Bears. Uh, the Cardinals make making the Giants look like a team from the NFC East again. Uh, the Cowboys look at making the Bengals look like they're in the NFC East without a starting quarterback. Uh, the Seahawks making the Jets look like they're in the NFC East, not the AFC East. The, the Jets are like, we're going for Lawrence. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Made, <laughs> made, made my bold claim look like an idiot. <laughs> to yeah, be fair, close. this, to be fair, it would have been a one score game at halftime if they wouldn't have missed so many field goals. But, uh, well, yeah, I was, I was at least in the game for a minute, but uh, the, the, Jets, the, Jets, Jets were so close in that game. Geno Smith rounded it out for him, which is ironic yeah. that he used to play for them. Right. Gino's um, like, oh, it's just what it's like to be up by five touchdowns. This is cool. I like this. Wait a minute. I can just turn around and hand the ball off. Great. <laughs> yeah, winner. Uh, so the uh, the Colts look for real, huh? You know what? Then I'm sure uh, Mr. Matt's super happy about that. Um, they've looked pretty stout all season. Their defense has been very good, and Phillip Rivers was exactly what they needed. That was really a perfect free agent match for him. I uh, I heard something interesting during this game. Um, and by during the game, I was so I watch Red Zone if the Bills aren't on. And it's just my way to just take in all the awesomeness from all the games. And it, which is funny because uh, talking to Taylor, he was like, yeah, I took a nap today because I was getting ready for the bills game. Like not because I was bored out of my mind watching the games earlier. And I'm like, (laughs) I, he goes, it was, it was brutal. Like these games, the games that were on TV in our market were awful. Like I'm pretty sure the jets was one of them. And then I don't know what the NFC game was, but it was not a, not a good one. And I'm like, Really, man? Like I put on red zone and had a blast. Like I was all, I was like edge of my seat all day. Like this is great. And uh, during that broadcast, excuse me, one of the things that was said was they were talking about rivers and his relationship with Jacoby Brissett and rivers came out, came flat out and said, our relationship is so good. And it's 100% because of him, because I didn't care one way or the other to be this guy's friend. And this dude was like, yeah, man, I get it. You're a future hall of famer. Like you've been in the league forever. Like the team is better with you here and has just been like great for him. Great for the team. And just been a a great team guy and hasn't been like shitty. And it was interesting for me to hear that rivers basically admitted, like, I'm a piece of garbage. I don't like people. People can, S my D to try to keep it somewhat PG 13 in this fucking episode. And uh, like you basically came out and said, fuck that guy. And that guy was like, no, we're going to be, we're going to be friends. Like you like, is, is that just like a thing you get to do because you're Philip Rivers? I mean, I've always had kind of an issue with his attitude. I think he's always kind of been a dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. But I mean, listen, you, you can be an asshole as long as you win football games. You know what I mean? And he wins football games. It's like, it is what it is. Aaron Rodgers, I've heard, was kind of a jerk. You know what I mean? His teammates like him because he's unbelievable. A lot of people think that he's the best quarterback of all time. You know, uh, and on the flip side, Josh Rosen, when he was drafted, people were like, yeah, he's a dick. And people are like, well, if he's Aaron Rodgers, dickish, we're fine. He unfortunately wasn't. No. <laughs> that didn't work out in his favor. Did not. But yeah, no, it's... uh. I mean, the kudos to Jacoby Brissett for, for going from a starting quarterback to just understanding what his role is and really being a team player there. That he could have rocked the boat. He could have been upset. He could have demanded a trade. There are lots of teams out there that needed a quarterback, and he would have been okay. Yeah. Um, and he he also could have been the dude. I mean, there were a couple of games in there that Rivers didn't look great, and he could have been the guy like, hey, man, I wouldn't have done that, or hey, I could have got us out of that. Like, right. he wasn't. He's like, nope, this is Rivers' team, and we're going to go. And they seem to be clicking – um, the Raiders, I thought would, this would be a little bit tighter of a Tilly and it was not. So, um, I thought they, they'd keep it close. Like you said, they did not. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, 150 yards and two touchdowns. 
Like, I mean, they they're, they're top, receiving yards too. Like, so their top two backs went for over 200 yards combined. And then Taylor added 15 yards in the ground and Hines added 17 or through the air. I mean, so, I mean, like those, those two dudes were the offense because when you're t- when your top two running backs combined for more yards than your top three receivers, you're going to probably win some football games or, or get blown out. One of the two. I mean, that goes one of two ways. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's what happened. So here we are. Speaking of stout running games, did you see any of the Monday night game? I saw all of the Monday night game, which was fantastic. It might be the best game that I watched all year. Yeah, like it was automatic game of the uh, game of the year candidate. And I mean, I thought the Ravens were going to run away with it. I mean, 21 oh, two, two, two touchdown lead late. That's I mean, that's all they ever need. Yeah, I mean, like 20, you know, you, you, you left the first quarter tied, which is what they need. Then you left the half up a, up a touchdown. Then you doubled that in the third and then ended up like letting the Browns score 22 points to take a lead with less than a minute left. Oh, and you're starting quarterback in the locker room and your backup quarterback going down to a knee injury of some kind. And it didn't look good. I don't know if anybody heard anything about that. I, I thought it was an ACL right when I saw it. Yeah, it definitely did not look good. And like, it, it was funny because, you know, you're watching the broadcast and they're like, and almost if on cue, here comes Lamar. And like, now the jokes are, you know, Lamar was cramping, but yeah. you know, Lamar, Lamar had to take a shit. And right. like, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is our buddy Matt on the two point that uh, he posted the video of the way Lamar was walking. And he goes, that's not a cramp walk. That's a crap walk. Like, which, which you know, what's? I mean, I don't want to say funny, but I mean, imagine being the backup quarterback and you tear your ACL because the starter had to take a shit. Really? <laughs> this is my job here. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, man. <laughs> this sucks. <Not> right. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, and I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Um, Lamar Jackson is an absolute freak athlete. Uh, I, I did, I caught the end of that game. I did not watch the entire thing, but, uh, Lamar is just on a different level athletically than the most. He's a, he's a modern day Michael Vick. I don't think there's anybody who goes, no, that can't be right. I think that's, that's where we are. And I'd like my, my thing is I, I do not believe that he and him, him and his style of play translates in the playoffs because you're not just going to be in the lead all the time. I agree with you. I mean, really, it's, I don't want to say I wish him the best because, you know, AFC team in our competition for a Super Bowl berth this year as a Bills fan. Um, but those type of quarterbacks never really succeed. I mean, when's the last time a guy who really ran the ball first won a Super Bowl? Like, like Vic never won one. I mean, Colin Kaepernick went to one. RG3 never went to one. You might say Russell Wilson, that sort of counts. Cam Newton went to one, never won one. You know what I mean? It's right. And, and like, and that's the thing. Like, so Russell Wilson is still a throw first quarterback. Like, a, right. You're, you're never going to convince me that Russell Wilson is anything but a throwing quarterback who can run. Right. Because we're talking about a dude who got drafted to play baseball. Right. That's not a dude who can't throw. Like, now, what you see him sling the ball around right there, and Kyler Murray's the same thing. You're like, huh, that guy plays baseball. Yeah, just a little and, little sidearm double play sling there for a first down. It's a, yeah, a lot of that. You know, and Mahomes is the same way. He's an athletic quarterback who can run, who can move, who can hurt you with his feet, and also, but he's going to throw for 400 yards first. Like right. that is what he wants to do. Where so like you look like looking at the stats, 11 for 17 for 163 and one, and then nine for 124 and two. If, if it weren't for that one unbelievable, that, that heroic touchdown pass that he threw, that was for like 40 some yards, which he would have had more rushing yards and passing yards. Yes. Cause that was a four. So that was a 40 yard play for a touchdown and on a bad throw that the throw was almost the reason he didn't score. Like, right. That he had to slow down and wait for it, slow down, wait for it, had to turn and like turn to the other shoulder. And it all like, 
if the other safety, like he almost threw him back into, into coverage. Like he was so wide open in the, the, but the throw was so bad. It almost was a play that could have been made by either one of the two defenders that tripped over each other or the backside safety, like almost had a shot at that because of how bad the throw was. And you're just lucky that Brown decided to catch that one and take it for a touchdown. Like that should have been. And and he he had three or four drops that game. Yeah. Uh, We're we're lucky he caught it at all. (laughs) And like, we're, we're talking, we're talking about a dude who, um, I mean, he had two for 50. Like Mark Andrews had five for 78. Like, at some well, point, Mark Andrews, I think, is definitely the, the primary receiving threat on that team. Oh, he just with, happens to absolutely. Play tight end. It's, it's definitely him. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's just one of those things, like I said, it just it just begs the fact that, like, you know, if you have maybe a better defensive team on the other side, that play is not open. That play should have been a dude catching a ball and walking into the end zone, possibly stopping at the one to wait for more time to 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 run off the clock. Because he was so wide open, nobody should have been within 20 yards of him. Instead, he had to sprint to the end zone because he almost got caught because of how bad the throw was. And you know what? And I said that too. I I really thought he should have downed it and just sat, you know what I mean? And like went down with the one. Yeah. Because at that point, he scored with a minute 50 left and Cleveland had all of their timeouts. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. even if you run it once and like let him stop you or whatever. Now, if you're Cleveland, maybe you let him score there. So you get the ball back anyways. But it was just one of those things where I was like, you didn't make him burn any of their timeouts. You didn't make him do anything. I was like, okay. And sure enough, right downfield. (laughs) Yeah. Right downfield. And you like, you played like this weird, like for, for your team who is like you, you spent all this time and money bolstering your defense. You gave up 42 points to the Browns. Like the last three drive, like the, the entire fourth quarter, the Browns just did whatever they wanted offensively. Which is odd. And I don't know how much of that is, is contributory to guys like Calais Campbell look like they're not moving very well. He looks like he was hurt. Both their middle linebackers are rookies, you know, so it's not like they haven't been playing well, but I think the, the defense There's, maybe has better days in front of them than necessarily they do this year. Their, their secondary is also a little beat up right now. I do know that. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, that does definitely doesn't help things, but so looking forward now to next week, the bills go to Denver to play the Broncos at four 30 on Saturday for the first of a string of weeks, I believe here. Yep. That start our Saturday games and yeah, we go from there. So uh, going, going to, going to Denver and Denver is, one of the most confusing teams in football because there are days they go out and they beat the dolphins. And then there's days they go out and the the Patriots and the Patriots. And then there's days (laughs) they, uh, they are undefeated against the uh, AFC East right now. Okay. So we have the pride of our division resting on our shoulders. Got it. Yes. (laughs) Just check it. So, I mean, they, they go out, they do that. And then uh, let me see. Let me see what else they've got going on here. Um, I mean, even, even last week, Locke just comes out of nowhere, throws for four touchdowns, and it's just like looks like a baller and looks like a future franchise QB. And then there are other weeks, it's like, is he throwing left-handed? What happened there? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Where you look at it going, why did that, why was that a thing? Right. So looking back through their season here, um, they played the Titans very tight, uh, 16-14. They lost a one-score game to the Steelers. They got beat up by the Bucks. They played a a nine-point game um, against the Jets. They beat the Patriots in an ugly eighteen to twelve game. They got lumped by the Chiefs. They beat the Chargers by a point. They, I mean, a one-score game against the Falcons. They got lumped by the Raiders. They a one-score game against the Dolphins in a win got lumped by the saints when they didn't have a quarterback. Like then they played the chiefs tight, you know, then they, like they knocked off the Panthers. Like I, they're, they're a very good middle of the road team because their defense plays really well. Sure does. I mean, and without Von Miller, right. You know what I mean? Like uh, without, they're probably their best player. Yeah. So like, I'm sitting here looking at this going like this, this to me very much feels like a, a 49ers type game. 
you know, this is the type of game where they're going to go and it's going to feel like they're going to try to play defense. Their, their hope is to slow us down and hope their offense does enough because if their defense doesn't slow us down, they don't have a snowball's chance in hell. Yeah. Cause their offense really has not been their strong point this year. No, no, it has not. And, uh, so, I mean, I think across the board, we match up well here. Uh, the, the biggest tip of the tip of the cap, if you will, to the bills this year is there aren't many teams whose defense can match up with every weapon we have. Uh, we have just too much going on and we've shown week in week out. If you blanket digs, we're going to Beasley. You blanket Beasley. We're going to Brown. You blanket Brown. Oh, look, we have this rookie named Gabe Davis. Oh, uh, you know who else can make plays sometimes? Dawson Knox, you find a way to stop all of those guys. Guess what? We just ran the football with three, three different dot dudes for 190 yards and three scores. Like we can beat you in so many different ways. And I think, I, I don't think the Broncos match up well enough across the board for us. No, I don't think they do. And I think it's, it's a little bit different comparing Miami or the Patriots to our team. Um, defensively, I think we're playing really well. And offensively, like you said, I don't think they're going to be able to take you up with us. The only thing I am sort of worried about is weather. Um, not that we can't play in the cold, but that there's some crappy kind of conditions coming in that, you know, if it's really snowing and it comes down to, you know, Gordon and Lindsay versus Moss and Singletary, that that might be a little bit of an equalizer. But um, other than that, I don't see them keeping up with us too much. Well, and the other, the other interesting part of that too is, you know, we, one of the reasons that we went for Allen in the draft over some of the other guys was, you know, you want a big, a big bodied quarterback with big hands who can handle the football in shitty weather. And Josh has struggled a little bit in games where the weather is not perfect. One of the things, you know, from Monday night was at the start of the show, at the start of the game, there was a little bit of a rain snow mix in Orchard Park and he didn't seem to have a great handle on the ball. Now, again, his interception was because his arm got hit. Um, he didn't fumble knock on wood, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he also wasn't just slinging the ball around the yard like he was. And, you know, the fact that he's now come out and said, though, if they, if they build or if they build or renovate a, a stadium in New York for Buffalo, he, he would like it to be a dome and like, yeah, man, you want to throw for 400 yards a game. I, I want you to be in a dome too. Right. <laughs> you know, like I just want it to be in Orchard park, not downtown. Oh, really? You prefer it to be in Orchard Park, huh? I do. Um, oh, I see. I think I would love it to be downtown, personally. See, I, so I've been to games in other cities where their stadium is downtown. And the, the cool part about the, the Bills experience right now is the entire surrounding block of Southwestern, California, Abbott, and the other side is the, you know, the... Um, the tailgating, you know, the RV lots on Abbott, the main lots on Southwestern. And then there's the lower grass lot that we park in on Southwestern. There's other businesses and houses and stuff that do the same type of thing. And, um, you know, wh when you move downtown, you're going to be talking about parking garages and because like, where are you parking? Like, are, are you tailgating in that huge lot that people park in for the Sabres games? Like, there's, there's nowhere to do that type of stuff. So it changes the entire fan culture to me if there's nowhere to do those things. No, and, and I agree, and that's, that's certainly a valid point. Um, my only really drawbacks to doing it someplace else is that we have a unique geographic landscape where you could have something, not entirely like this, but like San Fran, the big deal is people hitting home runs in their baseball stadium into the water. You know, like you're hitting them into the bay. Right. And it's like, not that we're going to be doing stuff like that, but to like have a stadium on the waterfront downtown, like it's a unique view. It's not landlocked. You know what I mean? Like it could look incredible. Um, and certainly, you know, downtown needs more revitalization than Orchard Park does. True. And I mean, there's also an entire stretch around there. Like, cause that, like the stadium's not going anywhere, whether the bills play there or not. Right. So like, Unless they, they could knock it down. They've knocked down stuff before. They might put something else there. Right. But yeah, at some point you're going to say like, okay, so now, now we're knocking down, like we just put, you know, millions of dollars into the field house and now we're knocking it down. We just put right. millions of dollars into the team. Um, like the, the, the weight room, the, the, the amenities for the team, for the players. And we're just going to, we're just going to level it like to, to build a new one and 
Like, I, I just, I don't think downtown's the spot. I, I like, I like it out in Orchard Park. I like the, the free spanning area that you have to hang out, park, tailgate. It's part of the culture, part of the fan base. Like going to Jacksonville for the Bills playoff game and parking in like a lot that used to have a house on it. And you're finding like, I mean, the days that those things aren't being used, they're being used for other things that aren't great. Right. I mean, we, we found knives, we found needles, we found, I mean, like just walking around like, uh, don't wear sandals. Cause you might get hepatitis. Like <laughs> I like, and, 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 I mean, that's as sad as that is to say, it's, it's a fact like where we parked, like, you know, you lose that by, you know, where we have our stadium versus being downtown. Um, you know, they're, they're never going to knock down all of the Perry projects, which, which is basically the site that they've talked about, about putting a stadium over there. You know, you're never going to like get the same feel in my opinion. So give me a dome, put it in Orchard Park. Just put a roof on the thing that like fix it. I want to wake up tomorrow, read that it's been fixed. It has been fixed. Uh, looking forward here to some uh, some other big games this week. Uh, there are some, let's see, eh, that's not a good one. 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 <laughs> oh, the Seahawks and the football team should be a decent one. You know, and I think a lot of people are like, oh, the Seahawks should roll that game. Not necessarily. Man, uh, that is playing, Washington's been playing real good football. That is a matchup of strengths and weaknesses because Washington is playing really good defense. And the Seahawks play really good offense, and the Seahawks do not play good defense. But the Washington, t- but the football team's offense is not very, uh, not very good. And yeah, they might be starting Dwayne Haskins, which should tell you all you need to know about their offense. Well, and I haven't seen anything. Has anything come out about what's going on with Alex Smith? Like, what's uh, what's the deal there with the injury? Um, I haven't seen anything. It's uh, we'll find out. Uh, looks like uh, according to M- they're optimistic he can play. Yes. But- has not um, been ruled in just yet. They say it's a calf injury, calf tightness. Um, so, I mean, that's that's better than, you know, initially you know, when they're working on the leg that had the surgery and all the bad stuff. Like, obviously, that's definitely worrisome. Uh, the fact that, you know, a dude like that who's, you know, the type of warrior he is had to come out of the game is worrisome as well. Um I, I think if Haskins starts, you like this is the Seahawks game, and it's just the NFC East being the NFC East, and it's just it, it's not because I don't think Dwayne Haskins is very good, but I just don't think he's good enough to play there. Oh, uh, oh, I don't think he's very good. No, that's fine. <laughs> he's not very good. So I, I mean, for so for me, like a guy like that, you're looking like a team like that, you're looking for a guy who can kind of carry your squad because they don't have a ton of offensive weapons, especially with guys getting hurt now. And, you know, there's times that scary Terry looks scary. Good. And there's times that scary Terry looks scary. Not good. So, you know, flashes of brilliance and other times you're like, well, I thought you were good. Um, I think if he had a better supporting cast, but he's not to put the team on your back guy. No, I, I agree with you. That's, that's not him. Where, uh, you know, even though Alex Smith is notoriously the best game manager in the modern era, um, you know, that's still something that he does well is he can put, put the squad on his back and say, let's go to work. So, you know, if he can play, I think they have a better shot, but that'll be an interesting one. Either way, that one might end up on our, um, on our pick them this week. I'm not sure. I'm, as This is the first time I've actually looked through the games to get a feel for that. Uh, the Pats and the Dolphins is always fun. Um, I think it would be hilarious if the Patriots won that game because that's just Bill Belichick picking on a rookie quarterback because Bill Belichick likes to pick on rookie quarterbacks. So the man does. Um, just, just If you're unsure, just ask Justin Herbert. Yeah, I made the mistake of picking against uh, <laughs> Belichick on that one, and he made me look foolish. Uh, Eagles and Cardinals, man, that's got to be a good game. I mean, especially yeah, with the Eagles would, trying to get back in first place. Yeah, Jalen Hurts giving a, giving a spark to that offense a little bit. You know, shocking the world against the highly touted Saints defense last week. Uh, a lot of people talk about how good they've been. Speaking of which, somebody, they're they're taking on the Saints this week. That'll be a good one. Oh yeah, Chiefs and Saints should be a great game. 
Um, you want to talk about stuff that should get flexed to primetime? You know what I don't want to see? Browns and Giants on Sunday Night Football. If we could forget that one, like that's yeah. You know, you know what else I don't want to see? The Steelers beat the Bengals and be like, "See, we're good." <laughs> right. They're gonna get Joe Burrow and then get the first overall pick again this year too, and be like, "All right, well, we don't need Lawrence, so we're gonna do something else now." Right. The simple fact that they're still in the running for that it should tell you all you need to know. So. Interesting little tidbit here is there is a scenario in the world if the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Steelers all end up at 13-3, and which is very much in play currently because the Steelers are on a downswing and they have a couple, they have a couple tough games left. Um, Looking forward here, they have the Colts in week 16 and the Browns in week 17. The Chiefs have the Saints this week. The Viking or the Saint. Yeah. So the Chiefs have the Saints next week or this week. The Falcons the following week, which is a little bit of a break for them. Although the Viking the Falcons have been playing better. And then they finish up against the Chargers. Now, the interesting thing about that Chargers game, you on paper, you look at it and you say like, okay, this should be, you know, they, like they, they should have, like if, if they lose this week, they should finish with two losses, which gives them the one seed. But if they lose this week to the Saints, they could be going to the Chargers playing for the bye because there's a, ch- I mean, the Steelers could easily end with four, with four losses. It is, very, very, it is very possible the Steelers end with four losses. Um, if the Steelers end with four, we end with three, and the Chiefs end with three, we lose the tiebreaker to the Chiefs. Um, if we all end up with three losses, we actually take the tiebreaker and get the first round by. Which I think would be fantastic. <laughs> I think it would shut a lot of people up too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That'd you know be, what sucks? Uh, we can't go to any games. Stupid COVID. Like, like the year they choose to be flipping unbelievable, we can't go to any games. Right. So we we are looking at this and we are talking about how the Bills are so good and they're like they're they're going to host a playoff game. Like no ifs, ands, or buts, they're going to host a playoff game because the Dolphins are not catching us. Not anymore, um, no. No. I mean, even it would take a miracle um, that that week 17 matchup is not going to matter for us. Uh, They may be playing for their playoff lives. I think it would be hilarious to see Matt Barkley come out and with a team of scrubs, put the dolphins away and, and like, and boot them out of the playoffs. You know, a team that was supposed to take over the AFC East this year after like week six, the way people were talking, to put them out of their misery in week 17 would be great. Oh, for sure. Um, it would also Nobody be funny. It would also be funny if we like were playing our backups, we lost that game and it was like, Oh, see the dolphins have a shot. And then we play them in the first round and beat the ever loving hell out of them. But uh, a lot of scenarios there, a lot of scenarios. You, have you happened to seen a lot of the back and forth, not, not to change gears on here with uh, this Nick Wright guy and Colin coward. no, you see that? So, so this guy like was kind of crapping on the bills and was a non bill ever and all this other nonsense. And he said that Pittsburgh was going to roll us and show everybody what pretenders we were. I mean, really more harsh than he probably had to. He could have just been like, yeah, Pittsburgh's going to win, but right. <laughs> you know, really steer into that curve there. And then obviously we know what happened. So bills fans and the bills mafia and in their infinite glory went on the dude's wiki page and changed like, He's from Buffalo and like Josh Allen is his daddy and like changed like all the stuff on his wiki page <laughs> to like stuff were like owned by the bills and Josh Allen was his dad. And then he went on the, this rant on his radio show about uh, now. I don't know if he was feigning aggravation or whatever, but he's like, yeah, I've talked about representation. Like it's illegal to change a wiki page and uh, we're going to find out who you are. And I'm like, Oh dude, <laughs> You're just like, keep digging the hole deeper, man. Seriously. So, so they had a back and forth on that where he, he cries about this. And then he goes on coward show and he's, he's been talking quite positively about the bills the last couple of weeks about how he thinks that right now, today we're the best team in football and the chiefs 
Yeah. You know, saying to him, we're the number, we're number one, hot based on how we're playing right now. And he was talking to this Nick Wright guy, and they now have a bet. Um, it's an over-under for the playoffs that if the, the over-under is one, so if they win one playoff game, it's a wash, all right? If they lose, if they go, they get there, they lose their first round, the Nick guy wins. And if they win two or more, Colin Coward wins. But the bet was that they have to stand and in true Bills Mafia fashion get squirted with ketchup and mustard bottles all over their face like doing, the guy at the tailgate. Doing, doing, the, doing the Pinto. Right. So somebody, either Nick Wright, or I'm sorry, if we win one game and then lose the second one, it's a push so nobody has to do nothing. But if we go to the playoffs and lose the first game, hopefully knock out what we don't. Um, Colin Coward's got to get covered and catch a mustard. And if they win two, then the other guy's got to do it. So they're going to do it like on TV in front of everybody. There's going to be a video of somebody getting covered in ketchup and mustard. And I love it. And here, here's the scoop. And I'm going to tell you, you know why that makes me laugh? Because if this Nick Wright dude actually had a sack, he'd have said they're not winning a playoff game. But no, he's giving them the benefit of the doubt of winning the first round. <laughs> if they win the first round, it's a push. If they lose, I win because I don't think they're going to win, but uh, they're probably going to win. So they have to win two. That's dog shit. That's a dog shit bet. <laughs> You've stacked the deck in your favor. And I hope not only do I hope you lose and you get covered in ketchup and mustard, but I hope that like the Dudley boys come out and put your candy ass through a table. Like I want Bubba Ray and Devon repping Bill's Mafia uh, colored camo. And I want you getting 3 d through a table while covered in ketchup and mustard because you're a dick. And you know that we're good, and you won't admit it. I, oh, wait, listen, I'm I'm with you. I think it should have been we win one, you lose. We we go there and lose, you win. I think that would have been fine. But no, he's got to. We got to make it to the AFC Championship game for him to lose. And you know what? The crazy coward still took the bet, yeah. even though it was skewed to the other guy. He's like, he goes, I'll take that bet. And then the guy like loses his mind. He goes, Oh my god, I can't believe I got you to agree to that. I thought there was no way. But uh, no, that, that's a real thing that happened. So I'm super looking forward to that video that's going to come out in whatever a month or so. Yeah, that that'll be uh, that'll definitely be fun, and it's going to be a wild time. Um, I do know that there is a group of people that have, like that were at the game on Monday night in out in the parking lot protesting that we couldn't be there. Um, and part of that was that we couldn't be there. Part of that was that um, you know they're protesting on behalf of you know the as they refer to themselves the patriots of the area that are against our rights being taken away our rights to go get drunk in parking lots and go to football games or you know operate businesses and stuff like that so good on those people because i mean that's that's what it is it is what it is but uh you know yeah so i uh i will be very very pissed off and very very happy at the same time when we have a home playoff game and I can't be there. I'll be happy that we're playing in one. I'll be mad that I will not be in attendance unless obviously something very quickly changes and allows people to go. Because if that happens, you bet your ass that I am going to find a way to get tickets and be at the game. I'll say so. you and everybody else. It'll be a crazy game. Oh my God. Could you imagine? No, for those of you, if you listen to this and you're not a Bills fan, and this has been a, been a very Bills heavy uh, episode, more so than usual. The... If you've never been to a Bills game, you you need to go. Um, you, you need to find a way to get there when the when the mafia is in full swing. Because I have been there on days that it has been so damn loud that your ears stop taking in noise. Like I, I never like fully understood the phrase "deafeningly loud" until I've been to a Bills game that was deafeningly loud, where it's so loud you don't hear anything. Like now you're hearing so much noise that the dude next to you is talking to you. Like, you know, there's noise being made, but your ears aren't picking it up because it's too loud. I've been there for those games and those games are what makes it what it is. And that is what makes being a Bills fan great. And I, I can tell you Monday night, we would have registered on the Richter scale somewhere circa the Seahawks. The, the, the difference is the closest Richter scale to us, I believe is in Toronto and they would have hit it as opposed to the one that's like a half mile down the road from Seattle, because that's cheating. And their stadium is also built to reverberate noise back in on itself. Ours is not. So a suck scientist it. who's really thick in there. Yeah, suck it. We're better than you. <laughs> and we beat you because you suck. 
Russell Wilson's good. So is DK Metcalf, but you suck. <laughs> and I'm thrilled that DK Metcalf's having a, a good year. Um, I, but I will stand firm on, you know, not want, like my stance was, I did not want DK Metcalf for the sole reason that he was not ready to come here. Um, we needed guys who could run routes and be good and were established receivers, not freak athletes that weren't going to do well with my freak athlete quarterback. So. Nope. Root running technicians is what we got. And it seems to be working out just well for us. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, I will never get tired of watching Stefan Diggs run a route that breaks people's ankles and just puts people, I mean, the dude's had, the dude has yard sales with cornerbacks and they don't touch him. He runs routes so hard to just blow tires and fall on their face. It's great. I think once or once or twice a game that he'll like run mm-hmm. towards a sideline and Allen like puts it on the white and he just stops his feet, leans over, grabs it and like falls out of bounds. I mean, he is incredible with his feet. It's, it's real good. Yeah. And then like you watch him run these whip routes. And like I said, I mean, you, there's the, the touchdown he scored against the Steelers. That was just a quick, uh, I don't know the, the exact technical term. It looked like an inside whip. So you like go out hard, one like one or two steps toward the sideline and then break it in. And the cornerback from the Steelers ended up on his face. Diggs caught it, looked and went, Oh, and then split the defenders and scored <laughs> like, Oh, okay. Keep doing that. Like. Which they did. Yeah. Once they found that niche. They just kept rolling that. Like, until you prove you can stop Stefan. Uh, I'm going to keep throwing to him. Right. So. Big game this week. The Bills uh, Bills can clinch the AFC East, and I am looking forward to it. And I will be thoroughly ecstatic when it happens. So, Yes, sir. Uh, any, anything else for the good of the order there, Guy? No, no. It was a good week. Good week. You and I rambled for an hour and 20 minutes. That sounds about right. Oh, damn. That's longer than I thought we would. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, real quick, thanks for tuning in, guys. And thank you for everybody who donated to either mine, Austin, or our buddy Mark. Uh, things for the polar plunge the uh as a team i believe we raised almost 500 dollars. just the three of us i uh, had some random straggler toss on another 25 bucks yesterday right before the thing closed on facebook for on our behalf um so that was really cool and i appreciate all of you guys who listen and do that stuff uh going forward we still have the merch store open the link is on the bicbp network um website you can just go to the merch click on either the tip of the cap or hat stats and stats anything and everything that gets uh bought through there our suck list shirt stuff like that um one of my personal favorites is your girlfriend says you suck and it's got our logo on it if you guys buy any of those things the proceeds from that will also be going toward the special olympics and we have gonna have some cool news coming out with uh working with those guys coming up for the next year as well so stay tuned for that and again thank you all for your donations to that stuff it is great to have people in the world who care about other people than themselves so thanks for tuning in austin thanks for joining me my man we will do it again next week with the return of big diesel and possibly if he's around and can get off of work to do it Bold claim, Ben. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you you next time. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom supplemented uniforms and apparel that will have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at stingerwoodbats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great.